0: Dear ghost, dear ghost, dear ghost. This is a true story. There is not much point in inventing ghost stories. Anyone can do it. It's rather like playing a game whose rules one has made up without telling one else what they are. The event I'm going to report took place in the glorious blaze in the most marvellous summer in living memory. England. The summer of 1921. Good it was that summer to be alive. But to be young was very heaven. I was as old as the century. 21. Biotex. The new silk and pre-wash powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McKay. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain-free, understand this. Biotech removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cup stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come, and you don't stir a finger. Just Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Biotech with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cotton, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in biotechs removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in biotechs. There are plenty of people still alive who will recall the endless procession of golden days. 1921. It's unclouded dawn. Its magnificent noons of blue and gold, its days sinking into warm, noble evenings, full of the promise of another day of the kind of summer one dreams about, but seldom gets. I was living at this time with my parents in Taunton, and they, knowing my ways, were not at all put out when I went off, saying I would write when I found out where I was going. I'd never been to Crone Stratford. I read its name and decided. I made up my own fantasy of characters. I was the only passenger to alight. Four o'clock in the afternoon. The whole earth growled pleasantly in the heat. Crown Stratford! Crone Stratford! The station master wore a cap of golden braid, but it appeared he was doing duty as porter as well. It was good to be twenty-one at Chrome Stratford in the sun that summer. Chrome Stratford. Afternoon, sir. Ticket, please. Good afternoon. Oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, I want to stay here for a while. Have you any suggestions where I might put up? Put up? Well, uh, there's the Bell Inn. That's if you don't mind a bit of jollification on market days and Saturday nights. Oh. Well, you see, my stay is going to be quite a long one. I think I would prefer private accommodation. Hmm. You go out of the station, there. You go over the bridge. You'll see four houses in a row. They're called Sevastopol Terrace. Now, you call at number two and ask for Mrs. Wayne. Tell her I sent you, Mr. Jolbury. I think you'll find she'll fix you up. <laughs> The last of all terrace consisted of four red-brick cottages without elegance of any sort. They could not have been more ordinary if the architect had entered a competition for the most ordinary and the most mediocre dwellings. Please come in. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, it's a beautiful day. A dead front room, seldom used. Uneasy chairs, a small piano with a fretwork front panel. The front room fire grate was stuffed with orange tissue paper. Above the mantelpiece, there was the enlarged photograph of a man in khaki. He was dark with a full moustache and an expression of slight astonishment on his face. I made a satisfactory deal with Mrs. Wayne. The other lady was Mrs. Janison, 50ish, stout, and, as it was called then, a kindly, infectious laugh, I knew I was going to be comfortable six weeks or so. I decided upon time in which to write a novel. Oh, yes, that is what I had set my heart on doing. The blue, cloudless days went by, and I wrote not a word of the novel. I liked my ladies. we took our meals together and the household was an easy one to dwell in. And then, a strange uneasiness began to make itself manifest in my mind. For no reason at all, it seemed, I began to be afraid of something. Afraid in a way that I'd never experienced before, or for that matter, since this time. Hmm. As Dr. Johnson said... If you think well of what you wrote at night, tear it up in the morning. afraid to stay in that house in the basketball terrace, alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Wayne, are you are you going out? Yes, we're just going for a walk, Mr. Field, and we won't be long. Yes, we won't be long. long. Yes. To I became certain that I was being followed by something down the stairs whenever I'd been up to my room. It was worse, somehow, when they were out of the house. Well, worse, somehow, when they're here, but. so. quiet. Something. that Mrs. Wayne was a widow and I knew that that exceptionally plain soldier in the picture was her deceased husband. One Sunday, after ceremonial tea, Mrs. Wayne had used him as a time tag as people do. She was putting the tea things together to take them out into the kitchen and was at that moment holding what I privately thought to be a very ugly teapot. Mrs. Jennison regarded the teapot. She nodded at it. I always liked that tea, but do you believe in premonitions? Well, no, I can't say that I do. Well, at any rate, I've never had one that was worth having. Do you believe in premonitions, Mrs. Way? Oh. Tell me about it, Mrs. Wayne. I'd rather not. It's a painful subject. She often thinks about that on Sundays. Two years ago on a Sunday, she had a premonition of something awful all day. Her husband, who went into business when he came out of the army, used to get up first and go off to work. That Monday morning when Mrs. Wayne came down, she found him in the kitchen. He'd hanged himself there. an inquest, of course, but nothing definite ever came out of it. He had troubles, money or drink or something like that. Well, there had to be a reason. There had to be. Tell me about it. Tell me what it was. Well, well, if you ask me, it's only my opinion, of course. I'm asking you excuse me, I must go and help Mrs. W with a wife. The reason. To tell me the reason. I reckon that, like a lot of other men, couldn't settle down to ordinary life when he came out of the army. It wasn't the same anymore. Whatever makes you like life had gone out of it. He never liked being a soldier, but when he got back home he didn't like that either. Some fellows managed better than he did, but it? He couldn't. He used to brood a lot. You could hardly get a word out of him sometimes. I stared at the photograph of Sidney Wayne. And then at Mrs. Jenison's. Do you mean he killed himself because he was bored? Well, I didn't say bored. No. Say lost. It was a lot like that when they came back. Killed him in, in action, you might say. I moved close to the photograph and stared at the dead face in it. He stared with the same cold intensity, not at me, but past me. It was horrible. The stillness of the face, those eyes fixed on some object of vision beyond me or my glance. His hair was close-cropped beneath his hat with its badge of the Suffolk regiment. The piece of the cap came down almost to the bridge of his nose, hiding his forehead. Nothing fitted with either his body, his temperament, or his final act. Now that I knew what that act would be, he was dressed for me in horror of the grotesque. My eyes moved involuntarily to his neck, and I turned away alike from the photograph and the dreadful images which I violently extruded from my mind. How shall we spend the evening? Is anyone for church? On a walk? Or shall we have a game of cards? Go out and paint the town red. But what about your headache? Oh, that's gone. Grandpa Headache Powders did the trick. Grandpa Headache Powders kill pain. Soothe pain, nerves, and lift depression. Grandpa Headache Powders are extra effective because they have a triple action. Grandpa Headache Powders work extra fast because they dissolve almost immediately. Get fast effective relief from any pain or pain. Get Grandpa Headache Powders. Ah, Grandpa. Just soak, just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, collar and cuff stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak, just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Soaking in biotechs removes the stains and dirt that washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Well, What do you think? A walk, you fancy. Would that be nice? Like? Mr. Fielders? Hmm? Oh, dear, look at that. Sydney's picture. Well, well. Oh, of course. you ago, one of these days. Get me a dustpan and brush, will you? I'll soon clear this message. All right. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. Now you'll have to have it framed. Oh, frames broken too. I can't do that. I never really liked that photograph. I only put it up there to please Sydney. I'd like to remember him the way he was before he went into the army. I shall just put it away somewhere. And then I knew that we were not three in that house, but four. The situation had taken a new turn. I did not know what to expect. I decided that that day, after the falling of the picture, was a day to be spent by the sea. So accordingly, I went to Lerstoft. I soon settled with a newspaper on the promenade in a deck chair. There was an empty chair beside me. It was not empty long, though. A middle-aged woman sat beside me. After only a few minutes, She made occasion to talk to me. You're troubled about something, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I am. Will you tell me what it is? Um... Yes. Yes, all right, I will. as if it was the most natural thing in the world. I told her the whole story. From my arrival in the house in Sebastopol Terrace, right up until the falling of a picture. May I tell you what I think? Certainly, I'd, I'd like to hear. It's quite clear to me. I believe in spirits or ghosts. Oh, what a name you'd like to give to that part of us that you now know exists when the body's fallen away. That that poor spirit was given to his terrible deed. I by distress it was very real well to him, however silly you or anybody else may think it to have been. And uh, afterwards, in the clear vision death brings with it. He saw how wrong he had been. How cruel to that kind little woman. He's... He's trying to tell her that. And he can't leave the house till he has done it. He's in touch with you to be his messenger. You know that now. But you're refusing the message. Oh, you mustn't, my dear. You must take it and set the poor ghost free. Uh, I, I can't do that. I, I won't. L- let his message, if there is one, be carried somewhere. You told me that you don't dare stay in the house when the others have gone out for a walk or... Oh, that's right. down is the right word. That, that's just the time when he was trying hardest to get his message to you. You must stay in the house and give him a chance. I doubt he'll leave you till you do. Maybe you're his only chance. how uh, do you know this oh, song? You're where? Experience. And now I must go home to lunch. How strange I should come to you this morning. And then she was gone, walking against the sun, so that I could hardly see her departure. at Crohn's Bradford. interior, the place shone quietly with care. There was not even a sound from the outside world. The shadows in the room moved solemnly with the sun, and the light imperceptibly faded. The window was open a little at the top, and occasionally the curtains stirred in a passing, soundless breeze. My eyes felt heavy and my limbs agreeably warm. I felt, for the first time, completely free of fear. Slowly, I moved into that half slumber that one gets in church at sermon time. One hears the sound of the voice and sometimes the words. But the whole the impressions that jumbled. And then something happened. Something happened that turned me into a thing of terror. <laughs> I uttered a sound like a man in a nightmare. I struggled to shout at the dark terror that flapped in my mind. I thought I saw something, a limp form. Unnaturally hanging in the room in front of me. Oh. Been doing your correspondence. What a good man! Now, off you go while I make supper. Hmm. But I'll just get everything sorted out, and then I can see whether get the tent tomorrow.
1: I'm quite hungry. And <laughs> Mr. and then,
0: Mr. Phil, and then she... <laughs> <laughs> Yes? <laughs> she said, why, well, of course he isn't an officer of the Royal Flying Corps. He's wearing the uniform of an army. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Anderson, you're a giddy limit. You really are. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. oh, dear. You all right, dear? Quite all right. Why shouldn't I be? Well, I thought maybe you had one of your headaches. Some maybe. be. No, no, I am I'd be tired, perhaps. I think I'll go to bed shortly after supper. You do that. We'll wash up, won't we? Hmm? Oh, rather... Right, uh... She had lost her air of commonplace acceptance of life. She looked like... What could it be? Like someone who had mislaid a possession was trying to remember where it might be. She wasn't going to bed because she had a headache. She was going because she wanted to be alone to think about whatever it was that preoccupied her. When the meal was over, she rose. Well... If you don't mind excuse me. Not at all. Where you go, have a good rest. And so, Mrs. Wayne went up to bed. Next morning, I was having breakfast when I heard the postman knock at the door. I directed her to return to the kitchen where I sat at breakfast. I was reading the paper which I'd propped up against the teapot. Mrs. Wayne didn't come back. I thought she was being a long time out in the lobby. There was no sound at all. Then, just when I was going out to see if anything was the matter, she came in. Slowly. Her face with its snug nose and sandy hair was as pale as death. It had a terrible dignity of sadness, a piercing accusation like an angel with a sword, and a dreadful quietness. She held out to me a letter. The envelope and note paper were mine. It was addressed to someone called Meg. How did you know? He called me monk. I did not need to ask any questions. She had found this letter among my mail on a little table, and she gave the rest to the postman. I... didn't know. No. Well, I never told you. Read the letter. I... Uh, I don't want to. No. Max, dear. Forgive me. Forgive me. to you last night, didn't he? I don't, know. I don't know. I knew as soon as I came the house was empty. He stayed with me until you came. He was here. I knew he was always here. I didn't think anyone else would ever know, but he knew came to you. And now? Forgive me. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain-free, understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt washing works. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cuff stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come, and you don't stir a finger. Just soak, just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbings, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cotton, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Beyond Midnight is presented every Friday night at half past nine by Biotech, the new soak and pre-wash powder. The program is adapted for broadcasting and